You're listening to HR Market Watch here on the HR Happy Hour Network. I'm your host, George LaRock. HR Market Watch puts a special lens on new and innovative HR technology from emerging and established technology companies. Join me on my quest to find what workforce trends and what technology really matter to the world of work and HR. Learn more about the trends and the technology we discuss at hrwins.com and find more HR Market Watch episodes on the HR Happy Hour Network at hrhappyhour.net. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another HR Market Watch on the HR Happy Hour Network. I am George LaRock, and I want to thank you for tuning in. I also want to thank everyone for their continued feedback and support in the first couple of episodes. It's been great. Uh, I I really do appreciate it. So keep the feedback coming. Uh, I I am excited about this edition of HR Market Watch. We're going to dig into a topic that I love. Um, I spend a lot of time researching it, a lot of time with employers and tech vendors around this issue. And that issue is the correlation between company culture, employee engagement, HR programs, HR analytics, and business results. I know, collective eye roll, every, I can already, I can hear everybody's eye, you know, everybody's eyes are going to the back of their head on this one. I'm with you. There's been a lot of hype on this topic and a lot of confusion in the market. But, you know, there's the room for this hype and the opportunity uh, for a lot of people to be talking about this and espousing their views on it because there's a need. As, as, as business leaders, we are always looking for tools, for approaches, for fresh perspective, for content uh, that will help us in making our teams uh, more productive uh, and and or more successful and, or just happier. And so there's a real need out there. And it's when we look at the biggest, you know, companies that are the, the companies that we emulate, not just the biggest, but just the best companies in any one of our markets that we emulate, we always end up talking about their culture. We always end up talking about, you know, what it's like to work there and what, it, what it's like to be on that team. And when we look back on our careers and we talk about the different successes that we've had, you know, we're not talking about the software we used. We're talking about the team that we were on and the leadership style and what it was like. And now we've had this onslaught of disruption in the market, which is a, a beautiful thing, driven by technology. And we've got all these new ways to approach this. And so we're, we're the market's hungry. We're hungry for, for new, fresh perspective. And the confusion is, you know, in part, we're trying to figure this out, but, you know, in a, in a big way, the tech vendors are confusing the hell out of the practitioners with bad information. You know, they're, they've got tools that do one thing and they're trying to position that, you know, that one measurement tool or that, that wellness tool or that rewards tool as the panacea to engagement and culture and business performance. And it just doesn't work that way. Uh, no, not one company uh, is the same as another. And one culture isn't the same as another. Your business challenges um, aren't identical, um, even if you're in the same market with someone else. And the mix of programs and tools and technologies that you use or don't use should be different from company to company. So it's not one size fits all out there. And along with the tech vendors, I think the thought leaders and the pundits uh, out there uh, have 
as they've been coming to terms with what this is and, and how this all relates, you know, culture, engagement, business performance, and HR, um, you know, there's been a lot of one-dimensional, there've been a lot of one-dimensional views on this, you know, folks just like the vendors where they might just be in measurement or just in some other, you know, point solution area. The thought leaders tend to come from one perspective as well. And I think, um, you know, the thing is we're learning that it's not, not one thing that impacts this. So there's a lot of confusion, but the question still remains, can it be done? Can we correlate these things? And one of the reasons I'm excited is I've got a guest today uh, who is who says he and his company are doing just that. They're helping some impressive brands correlate engagement, culture, HR programs and analytics to real meaningful business results. And I I can't wait to get into that. It's a great interview. It's quick. We cover a lot of ground. So stay tuned for that. But first, let's do the market Okay, the market minute. Let's see how quickly we can look at a couple of trends and things going on in the space uh, this edition. So Microsoft's acquisition of LinkedIn was approved by the final regulator that we were waiting on, the European Union Commission. And uh, that's not huge news. We expected that to happen. But it does bring us back to what's happening in that space in talent acquisition at a job advertising level. And first off, acquisitions, right? Uh, LinkedIn goes to Microsoft, Monster goes to Ronstadt, CareerBuilder is on the market, uh, Dice Holdings, uh, DHI is now up for sale reportedly. So there will be more acquisitions to talk about. And the reason these companies are being acquired uh, isn't to provide a job advertising platform uh, for the, the, the acquiring company, but to provide data. So you think about Microsoft leveraging LinkedIn data within Office 365 and other tools that they provide um, in the workplace. And you think about Ronstad and their business. And we've I've written on both of these acquisitions on HR wins, and there are a lot of strategic reasons why Monster and LinkedIn were acquired. And that's why CareerBuilder will get acquired, and that's why DHI will get acquired. Uh, it's not about job advertising revenue. Now, that's not to say that this is the end of job boards. There will be niche job boards with uh, good revenue streams. They provide uh, quality access to candidates and in some cases, high touch service to employers. And there will always be a place for job boards or whenever you're providing qualified access to a defined community that meets a specification, in this case for an employer, there's a premium to be paid. So there will always be something there. It's just that that market will um, will shrink some over time. But what the job advertising market on a larger scale is moving toward is, is uh, data, quality, and service. So again, data plays where we've got large sets of data and we're able to show employers um, who's available, uh, how they're interacting with the employer's brand, uh, how they may fit the, the their quality of fit, etc. That the way that data plays will be really interesting, and we're going to see things get turned on their head in the next twelve to twenty four months around passive assessments, uh, around um, 
uh, access to candidate data through some tools that we might not be thinking about right now. More on that in upcoming HR market watches. But the quality and service side of things is happening right now. So even the aggregators, so think about Indeed. Indeed rolled out Indeed Prime. They focus on uh, technology with Indeed Prime. If you're in certain geographical markets and you're looking to hire technologists, you can sign up to receive, it's either three or five qualified candidates uh, for jobs that you you put into this Indeed Prime service. That's as much a service as it is a technology. They're using algorithms, they're, they're using data, but they're providing you know, some level of screening on candidates. Another site, ZipRecruiter.com, more of a general job board with a light ATS for small and medium-sized businesses, they're, they've rolled out a similar service. And I met with their CEO, a couple of months ago, and they're striving to be able to provide five qualified candidates to someone posting a job within one hour of posting that job. That's impressive. Again, part service, part technology, but really focusing on the quality of the experience, both for the candidates and the employers. And that's where things are moving and the technology is enabling, just starting to really enable that. And I think you're going to see a lot of moves in this direction, both with niche job boards, larger brand job boards, and um, aggregators. Now, the another interesting thing that's happening, and it, it also gets you know into this, is Facebook now starting to promote and talk about a new data type within the Facebook platform for jobs. And you know, previously, you could market jobs, you could put jobs in there, and employers have been doing this for a long time. But now it's got its own entity within the system and a new tab within the system so that when somebody's interested in what jobs you have open, they're called out. It's not just a part of the overall feed. Now, there's no uh, pricing around this. There's no cost around this. This is just something that they're starting to work with. And the thing that we've seen about Facebook is when they start to play with features like this, um, there will be other shoes that, that drop. Uh, so, you know, I, I would expect more from them. And given their um, that their largest revenue stream, really their revenue model is based on advertising and targeted advertising and leveraging data and profile data, data and machine learning and so forth to help advertisers target, uh, you'll see some interesting things come out of Facebook. And that, that will be fairly disruptive to the market, especially for larger employers in, you know, in all segments. So that's, uh, that's talent acquisition. Now, I want to keep talking about Facebook and Microsoft because Facebook has uh, also rolled out uh, Workplace, which was also commonly referred to as uh, Facebook at work or Facebook for work. It's got a, a new name, Workplace now. And this is um, sort of the Slack killer that they're rolling out. It's it's the uh, Facebook collaboration tool for uh, B2B. Um, they're already making, uh, you know, connections between humans, and now they're looking to do it in the workplace and facilitate project management and sharing of documents and data and uh, even recognition. If you go to their workplace page, you get, a, you get a feel and a video for how they see Facebook at a super high level impacting the world of work. The other thing is Microsoft Teams uh, was you know, announced in the last quarter. And Microsoft Teams um, is a chat-based workspace 
built into Office 365. Uh, and their whole focus is about how work is changing and all about collaboration. And if you really, you know, think about all of their productivity tools in the Office 365 suite, uh, they've got an incredible opportunity to also go after Slack. Slack's getting it from all angles. And this, this was so disruptive to Slack uh, that they took out a full page ad in the New York Times about um, Microsoft's entry and how uh, it was really not relevant to them. And I think they doth protest too much. But the other thing that Microsoft is doing is they're starting to pull in external data into the Microsoft Office 365 suite. So right now, when I'm writing in Microsoft Word, so I'm writing a blog post in, in Word before I throw it into WordPress, I can also search in, right now it's limited to Wikipedia, but if you think about how I could also pull in some LinkedIn data or other external sources of, of data via APIs and so forth, it could get really interesting. Now, the, the other side of that is it could also be intrusive. I don't necessarily want to know who the freelancers are that are available in a 10 mile radius of my office when I'm writing a blog post about the contingent workforce. But if I were writing a requisition for a freelancer, that may be of interest to me. This is where artificial intelligence, machine learning, and other trends that we're spending a lot of time thinking about right now will have a big impact on the market. The way that Microsoft and Facebook can apply these technologies rapidly and help employers both in talent acquisition and in talent management, employee engagement, productivity, collaboration. It's going to be really exciting. I also expect to see the same approach taken in other collaboration platforms, including Slack, as well as other HR platforms, and it's happening now. So how this shakes out, uh, nobody can really predict. One thing for certain, the next 12 to 24 months, it's going to be one hell of a ride in the workforce and one hell of a ride for HR technologists. So exciting times. And with that, we end the Market Minute. On to this episode's interview. When I think about all of the trends happening in the workforce right now, one of the trends that I've been excited about for a few years is this emergence of small and medium-sized businesses really driving the innovation and the future of HR technology. I am bullish on the fact that some of the biggest brands that will emerge in workforce and HR technology in the next 24 to 36 months will be those that are innovating and focusing on the middle market today. Why? Because it is a huge segment and it is where there's a huge impact to be had. It is where people work. It's the largest segment when it comes to number of employers, the largest segment when it comes to number of employees under management. It is the largest segment when it comes to the payroll spend that's happening there. So vendors that are focused, technologists that are focused on that space are able to really have an impact on day-to-day -day work life for 
the workforce. And that's that those are global numbers. This this isn't a phenomenon just in the US or North America. So my guest today focuses in the world of business intelligence, analytics, employee engagement, and performance in HR. And without further ado, let's move on to this week's interview. Okay, I am really excited to have a guest on HR Market Watch today, uh, Chris Powell. Chris is a friend and he is the CEO of Telmetrics. Uh, he's had a really interesting career as an HR executive in leadership at companies like Scripps Network Interactive, Marriott, Deloitte. And with uh, Telmetrics, he's made the leap from HR into the world of technology startups. And we'll, we'll dig into that and see why he did that. Um, but a little bit about Telmetrics. Um, Telmetrics describes itself as a convergence of two words, and I would say two worlds, talent and metrics. And they're reinventing how talent-focused organizations and their employees work together to fuel a culture of high performance. Their customers know that their employees are the key to achieving organizational success, and through their ability to easily capture new and unique workforce insights and data, uh, and a service model that puts the heavy lifting on Telmetrics and not their customers, with decades of talent management experience, they take the guesswork out of employee feedback. So welcome, Chris. It's great to have you on the podcast. Hey, George. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here with you. So I thought maybe we could just start out with you telling everyone a little bit about a little bit more about yourself. You know how Telmetrics got to where it is today, and maybe uh, as I mentioned, share you know why you left a successful executive career in HR at, at the top of your game. Many would say to to go run a tech startup. Uh, well, you know, George, a couple of things, a little bit more about myself. Um, as George shared, you know, I've been, um, I spent 20 plus years of my career moving through different roles in HR from being a generalist to being a center of excellence leader in talent management and OD to ultimately being a uh, head of HR for a company. And what I, I learned along the way is for all of the value that, um, we as HR practitioners contribute to the business, I've always felt that HR was still a little short on having the tools um, to really be more efficient and effective at creating that value uh, for the organization. As they say, hey, the old saying is everybody for a while was talking about getting a seat at the table, but yeah, hey, there's one thing to get the seat at the table, there's another thing to keep it. Right. And I, I just always said, hey, how can you know, what can I do now that I'm on the software side to help um, develop tools and products to help HR not only create that value, but sustain that value and influence in the organization. So hence, that's why I made the leap, um, you know, from a, a really great and interesting HR career to moving on to uh, HR tech in the software world. Right, right. Um well, that's an exciting, uh, exciting leap to make, and uh, I'm sure you've got some great perspective having been on both sides now. Um, some yes. some learnings there. We'll peel some of that back as as we chat. But I, I wanted to start at a at a high level. Um, one of the things that I'm noticing, and it, it impacts both the employer side and the technologist or the the vendor side, 
is, you know, in the past, HR technology was developed with the HR user in mind, the, you know, HR administrators in mind. And it seems that now uh, the employee experience is at the core. And I'm wondering, you know, is that something that, that you see as a theme as you're uh, working with your customers? And then how does that, uh, you know, how does that take shape or does it take shape within Telmetrics? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the, the great things. And I think, you know, my timing couldn't be better that that trend is happening where you're seeing uh, HR technology. Think about, you know, the user experience, not just from the HR and the administrative point of view, but also from the employee. And then also another subset of the employee experiences are those folks who are managers or uh, department leaders. That's got its own unique workflow as well. And so I'm seeing, and at least from our perspective at Telmetrics here, we look at each one of those unique um, user profiles and uh, workflows and experience um, specific to that user. And then we start to think about how to build the software so that we can make sure that we're creating value and, um, and an engaging experience for all of those folks. Because, you know, when you're dealing with HR, you're talking about individual and organizational performance. And so to create a tool that speaks to provides insights and information and tools to the whole ecosystem, I think is the direction that technology has to go in particular from HR and organizational technology like we're talking about today. So yeah, it's um, um, part of our design strategy and execution strategy here. So yep, all over that one. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, as, as I know you're an emerging company and, um, uh, you've been on this path for a little bit. Can, can you tell us a little bit about those customers, you know, uh, the, the types of companies they are, the size that they are, and, you know, any, any that we would recognize? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Um, yeah, so we've been on this journey for a couple of years, and, and, um, and I've enjoyed it because we've gotten very intimate with our customer base, and we've got customers that um, have as few as 50 uh, employees up to, a couple of companies that are north of 25,000 employees. So we run the gamut, but our sweet spot tends to be with companies somewhere between 200 and 3,000. And um, companies that, um, uh, since we're in the holiday season here, um, companies some people may be uh, familiar with are like uh, Retail Me Not, which is an online um, company that gives you nice coupons. There are other companies yeah. like we've worked with uh, uh, Coca-Cola. We've worked with Ernst & Young and Deloitte and & Touche. Um, we've worked with um, Voya Financial Services. So we've worked with some really great companies um, that um, um, help, have helped us refine our product strategy and um, also given us insights about those uh, user populations like we talked about the employee and the manager. So it's uh, it's been great. Yeah, you're working across some uh, some really interesting vertical markets there too, different types of um, employees that, that are in the system and HR challenges uh, as well. Yeah. So now on, on your journey from, uh, you know, starting out in em employee engagement management and now getting into uh, deep business insights, um, you know, I'm wondering that, 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 that journey, how did that actually come about and what, what led you down that, that path? You know, part of what led us down that path was my experience being on the employer side, right, where, you know, for years having run and managed employee surveys for different organizations and um, that process of getting that data and insights from that 
and realizing, hey, just knowing what employees say and feel is very important. Um, but what I discovered as I was talking with the um, other members of the C-suite or board members of these various companies, they wanted to understand, hey, Chris, how is this, how is what employees' um, sense of engagement or satisfaction or commitment is, how is that relating to impacting or correlating with our business outcomes that we report out on a regular basis around retention, around customer satisfaction, net promoter score, profitability? And I said, well, that, you know, so just being able to capture employee feedback is a key first steps, but then being able to go that next mile and saying, how do these insights correlate with other things? As we all know, there's not a causation here, but um, how do we stop guessing and start knowing? Um, I think that was one of the things that started to hit me because oftentimes we in HR, we would come on, come to the table with, hey, here's what I think, here's what I feel. But oftentimes that empirical evidence of what we know would not always be as rich. And so I think that's why we started to look at, all right, how do we help our customers and our the practice of HR take that next mile of connecting employee feedback and insights to other business metrics? And so that's where we see the real opportunity is um, in the marketplace. And that's what we're up to. Well, you know, you said something really important there and uh, it was, it was um, one phrase and you said, you know, you said, as we all know, uh, there's no causation here. And I, and I, from based on what I see in the market coming from, you know, the vendor side of the, the house or street or whatever. Um, I'm not sure that they know that. I, I, I think, <laughs> I think there are a lot of folks out there that are, um, thinking about these different elements of engagement and thinking and, and, and really saying that it's a cause for business performance. And, uh, and I think it's, it's your, it's that time in the field and that time really, understanding these issues in a, in the workforce um, that that you know it brings great benefit so for you to say that that sort of rolled off your tongue there I just want to call everybody's attention because that's something that um, is is unique uh, in in my experience so uh, good on you and, and a little a little bit more um, on that topic you know you you've talked about it here you've talked about engagement and performance and measurements separately, you know, as, as different issues and correlating these things together. And, um, and, and in your marketing that I've looked at, you, you speak about them uh, separately there as well. From, from the customer's perspective, help me understand how, you know, what, what you just talked about and how those three elements, um, you know, fit within the Telmetrics product. Got it, got it. You know, George, I'm glad you, you called, called that out because I think what's really interesting when we step back and look at um, talent inside of an organization, it is far more, far the far most dynamic resource an organization has. Um, and so the fact that, and the reason why we, we say there's no causation, because of that dynamic nature of how employees, what they feel, what they do, and their sense of being is constantly evolving. So I don't know how you can actually call out causation with that kind of dynamic nature. And so one of the things that we, we, we think about is how do you capture all of those components? How do you capture what employees feel, 
And then from the experience data that organizations have, how do you see what are they doing? Because we know there could be some cognitive dissonance sometimes, and I hate to use a big word like that sometimes, but there can be some disconnects between what people say and what they do. And that's why, you know, this whole concept around engagement, which is not only measuring those things that are intrinsic to the employee, but they're also measuring those extrinsic things. How do you feel about the facilities? How do you feel about the team? But then it also gets into how do you feel, where's your degree of passion and where's your degree of drive? So to be able to understand how to capture and measure and analyze all of those dynamic factors, I think, um, uh, you know, having been a practitioner, I'm just, you know, I'm not a purist in that sense, but I want to make sure that we've got fundamentally sound content and analytics analytics to help companies really figure out what's driving their performance. And not necessarily, as I said, from causation, but more correlation because there's too many dynamic factors that influence um, human performance and productivity. Well, and, uh, well, you know, great segue. I'm wondering, um, you know, do you have any examples of, the kind of business impact or, or tangible business results that uh, that your that that the Telmetrics product has um, shined some light on uh, for your customers, you know, in the field, and wh- whether you're naming customers or, or just g- giving the examples, I'll, either way. I'll, I'll give an example. Right, I mean, one of our particular companies that we work with. Um, is in the service business, service-related industry, and they were growing. They're that were growing. They are growing very rapidly, and um, so there was some concern from the feedback survey, the engagement survey, that employees did not feel like they had promotion opportunities, and the HR team was really concerned about that because they're growing so fast, and so it didn't match up with rea- at least their perception of what they thought and what they felt. Um, as we started to look at the experience data around mobility and looking at the number of posi- new positions being created and how many of those were being filled by internal staffers versus uh, external hires, that reality, that experience was not congruent with what employees felt. And as we started to dig into the analysis a little bit more, we discovered the population that was feeling that they didn't have opportunities were those who were lower performers. So instead of the company just quickly overreacting and saying, oh, we've got to do something about improving mobility, they took the time to really dig in and segment the workforce and the data to understand what was happening, not only in what employees were saying, which they appreciated and respected, but they also had to look at, all right, what's our current state reality? Is this Do we have evidence to support this or not support this before we start investing in new, new, um, you know, career development or mobility software or tools or programs? So it was a really smart way because, again, we don't have unlimited budgets in HR, and oftentimes we're fighting for the few dollars that we can to put toward people initiatives. And so with this client, they wanted to be really smart before they started jumping the gun and spending money on something. Hey, is this something we really should you know, invest in, or is there a communication and a perception issue that we need to solve for? So I give that as a, 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 a tight, as short of a story as I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's it means a lot. It, it, you said a lot there. I mean, to, to be able to empower uh, the HR leader to not just identify a metric that that you know shows an issue, but 
to really understand, uh, you know, not just that we need to implement some programs and sort of throw the, the standard playbook at it, but, you know, which programs and which population are we, are we trying to address and what issues are we trying to address? And should we be addressing it? Is it a, is it a problem or is it a, a, a symptom of, uh, you know, something that should we be putting our resources elsewhere? That, that's, that's a strategic conversation by, by definition with the, with the leadership team, and that's, that's empowering uh, for the HR leaders. So, um, just, you know, I, I, I heard a lot more than just the words you said there. So, um, so w one last uh, big question for you. I, one of the things that I've um, uncovered, uh, and, you know, there, in some ways there's, there's always been a frustration in the market with employers being able to get data out of the different products that they're using in HR. And a lot of what you're talking about, a lot of what um, many of the technologists that I talk to, the, the products that they're providing, it, it's, it's a requirement. In order to correlate performance to engagement measurement and business results, those are three data points right there. And I could probably extrapolate that to six or seven if I got into core HR data and reporting structure and things like that. So, um, so how, you know, how important is integration to other core systems to Telmetrics and to you know your your customers? Uh, I, I think today and going forward, it is incredibly important um, on having um, a platform or a product that can integrate with other data sources. Um, you know, I think um, there was some research recently you published on the on the average. Um, organization has anywhere between eight to 12 different um, systems that house HR people data. And so if you really are trying to understand those performance and productivity and retention drivers, you've got to have a system that can be able to aggregate data from these various systems to build the correlation models to figure out, you know, what's related and what's not related uh, to driving performance and productivity in your organization. Yeah. And that example that you gave, were, were you pulling uh, data from a, a, a few different systems or is that something you, you commonly do for uh, your customers? Yeah, I, I would say on average, um, you know, today right now, I would say that um, when we're onboarding um, new customers or even current customers, we're usually sourcing data from at least um, three to four different systems. In this particular example I gave you, we sourced from two different HRS systems because uh, they still hadn't done the integration from a merger. They had done um, a um, spreadsheet of performance data because they didn't have a point solution for that. And we're, wow. we were pulling from their talent management system. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, and let me not forget the applicant tracking system as well because that's where they kept all the new hire position uh, re uh, uh, requisitions. So, yeah, we were pulling from quite a few places. Wow. Wow. And, and you know, uh, it's – to hear about spreadsheets and legacy systems that haven't been migrated away from yet, that's more common. Uh, that, that is the world that we're living in. Um, that's more the norm uh, than, than, uh, than not. So uh, kudos to you for, uh, for pulling that together for your clients. And that's, that, that was a peak. It was the biggest frustration um, and the biggest reason for switching HR technology that we found in, in the recent research. And, um, it, I hear a lot of passion uh, when I'm talking to uh, HR leaders about 
uh, I'll say passion slash frustration yeah. about about that issue. So um, it, I think you're part of a new wave of HR technology that really uh, takes the old point solution versus platform discussion and re- takes it off the table because it's really um, you know the customer needs their data no matter where it's coming from and that's a that's a good thing. So. Um, so uh, what's next for Telmetrics? Uh, you know, the company, the product, uh, you know, what, what can we expect? Well, I, I think the one thing you can, you can bet your dollars on is that we'll always stay focused on enabling and equipping the HR function and businesses to, you know, do more with the insights and information they already have. So that's, our, that's at the core, and this is why I'm here. I love it. Um, the other thing is I think – you will continue to find that we're going to stay innovative on figuring out unique and creative ways to stay engaged and connect with employees to capture feedback. So technology is moving very fast in that fashion. So we're always going to be um, uh, innovating around that. But I think the thing that I would uh, that I'm really excited about is advancing the capability and functionality of our business intelligence that we're able to help. Um, the HR leaders and practitioners out there be able to understand, hey, we got all of this data. What does it mean for us and how do we use it to shape strategy and program design and execution and delivery? So I think you'll start to see more in that. I think one of the things we also have learned working with our um, and the great customers we have is that, hey, Chris, the technology is great. But, hey, what level of support and service can you give us? And we're not talking about having a consulting arm, per se, but how can we have solution architects that can help our customers really think about how to use our configurable platform to help deliver the type of experience and data and insights that they need? So I think you'll see more from us in that space. And, again, I think a lot of that is driven from my own personal experience being a practitioner and other members on the team that we we get um, that HRs, um, their day is not as structured as some other functions. You just don't know. And so we, we're about equipping um, the function, not just with technology, but with also with support. Well, that's great. I'll certainly be looking for, for all of that and uh, excited to see where the product goes. You've got a, got a full plate there. Now, just in closing, uh, where can everyone find Telmetrics or find you? What's, uh, where, where should they look for you? Well, they can, uh, they can find Telmetrics at www.telmetrics.com. Um, if you're looking for me, you can catch me on in Twitter land at, uh, uh, at Metrics, And, um, of course, I'm on LinkedIn, so feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn as well. All right, and we'll – uh, throw some links up on the HR Wins post around the podcast. And Chris, it's always a pleasure. Um, we covered a lot of ground there really yeah. quickly. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thanks for being here. And um, I, I really appreciate your time. All right, George. Thanks so much for having me. Enjoyed it. All right. Take care. I want to thank everyone for listening to HR Market Watch. If you're interested in any of the research that I referenced today, you can find it at hrwins.com. Always there, always for free. I want to thank Chris Powell of Telmetrics for joining me today. Please check them out at Telmetrics, that's T-A-L-M-E-T-R-I-X.com. 
You've been listening to HR Market Watch. Learn more about the trends and the technology we discussed at hrwins.com and find more HR Market Watch episodes on the HR Happy Hour Network at hrhappyhour.net. Thanks, everyone.